Thank you for tuning in to All the Things with Luke Tim. I am Luke Tim, and today on the podcast, it's going to be just me. Um, Kind of because I want to talk about a a bit of a sensitive topic, and sometimes um, we get off on these tangents, which is why we call it All the Things, and it is fun, but um, I don't know, sometimes it's not helpful when you're trying to get a specific, clear point across. So just me today, but uh, before we get started, as always, um, please like and review this on iTunes and Stitchers, this podcast, if you like it. That's always helpful to me, and you can always uh, follow me or contact me about potential topics. Love to hear what you guys would like to talk about, and you can do that by following me. Facebook is just Luke Tim, and uh, you'll figure out which Luke Tim is me, because there are more than one of me out there. Weird little side note, I know one of the Luke Tims out there. I actually went to high school with him, and um, I think we were in seminary almost at the same time. It was a, That's a weird thing. But anyways, um, so there's that. And then on Instagram, I am Luke underscore Tim. And of course, on Twitter, I am at Luke underscore Tim. You can email me at all the things with Luke Tim at gmail.com. That's everything. All right, cool. So what I want to talk about today is this this Kavanaugh thing. I know. I've been waiting to do this. I didn't want to do it until after the the official interviews that happened yesterday. And I didn't get to watch those live, but I, I did get to um, follow it online a little bit. And then I've spent a lot of time in the last uh, – well, I mean this is, I'm recording this Friday. So I watched it um, last night and this morning to try and get my head around all the things that happened and try and get my head around uh, all of the parts of the story leading up to it, not just those interviews. So um, like I said, you got to be careful and, and really sensitive on this thing. So the way I, I kind of decided I wanted to talk about it is – in these chunks, and I'm hoping that at the end of this, you don't really even know what my opinion is, but rather, it's just, this is one of those complicated things. It's complicated because, well, for several reasons, and I think we do a disservice at trying to uh, pretend like we can come to this definitive answer and this definitive truth and say, yes, for sure, this is one of those black and whites. This guy should for sure be on the Supreme Court or he should for sure not be on the Supreme Court. That's that's tough. I mean, it's it's tough to to figure that out when for a Supreme Court justice when you don't have these kinds of issues going on and, and these allegations. So that's not it's not really I don't think helpful to have the expectation that you can look at the data, listen to the interviews, um, and come to this definitive certainty, which is again why the the whole FBI probe thing is such a um, misconstrued idea. the The FBI and, and Kavanaugh pointed this out several times. The FBI doesn't. Um, come to these conclusions. He said that several times. The FBI doesn't come to conclusions. They do homework. They they go out and interview people. 
which is what's happening now on a national stage is these interviews and all of the stuff that they would be doing is exactly what the the committee that Kavanaugh and and uh, Professor Ford are in front of right now. I mean that's that was the whole point of doing this. So the whole FBI thing is is redundant and um, I, I can't imagine they would do a better job. It's it's not like the police where they, they put together – I mean it's a bit like the police. They put together um, the interviews and whatever evidence and of course the only evidence that there could be in this case is interviewing people and talking to people. Um, and then they hand that over. They, they make a report. So the, the police don't prosecute anybody. The prosecuting attorney prosecutes people. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, the whole FBI thing just needs, needs to go away. We're not, we're not really – I think the American public have this idea that, well, the FBI can go out and find some information and then, then they can arrest him or, and then they'll know for sure and they can prov- uh, provide this evidence and this solid conclusion. They don't do that. So I want to start with um, first the I want to talk about if this whole thing about this uh, allegation of uh, Kavanaugh's behavior in high school is this a political thing? Yes, <laughs> I mean absolutely. There's no question, but that doesn't mean it isn't true. I'm frustrated when when people on the right are like, "Wow, this is all just about politics. It's just about politics." Well, there's obviously political elements involved but if you can have the flexibility and nimbleness of mind to entertain something that you don't believe is true as a truth and explore it from that side which we should all be able to do and it if you can't do that then you're just not a thinking person so you should also no longer be a talking person just just be a quiet person who doesn't think but yeah if if you can't if you can't look at it from um, that other perspective, then then there's no point in, in having an opinion because from the perspective of somebody that, that believes this is uh, true, that these allegations are true, and let's just go ahead and, and adopt for hypothetical purposes that we can know for sure that this is true, it does make sense that the timing of this would be politically driven because obviously this woman who um, again in this hypothetical assumption that this happened if she chooses to not make this public um, for all of these years for whatever personal reasons that's her right that's that's fine that I mean that is her prerogative okay and then if you had been assaulted like this and saw your your assailant, you saw the, the person who victimized you now up for a Supreme Court justice, that might be enough to cause you to do the thing you didn't want to do for 30 plus years. Absolutely. And um, to to do to call it a civic duty, which uh, Professor Ford did several times, is exactly right. If, if this were true and we're going to hold that assumption for just a second here, then absolutely this would be the time to do it um, when to, to block this from happening. So that makes sense. So we, we – but on the other hand, um, I, I want to also say for sure it, it is for a purpose that is political. You see the, the politics involved include um, questions about his position on Roe versus Wade and – 
his um, conservative stance and how that swings the court, all of that is incredibly pertinent. So it makes sense for the left, for Democrats to try to do anything they can to jump in and and derail this from happening. Um, why wouldn't you? That's that is exactly what the Republicans would try and do and did with um, with. Uh, Obama when they had a lame duck Senate and they they decided to not confirm um, his uh, appointee and I can't remember that guy's name but that's how we got Gorsuch on on there because there was somebody to nominate and uh, there was a spot open and they refused to do so until uh, they, they refused to have that vote until Trump was in office which wasn't that sketchy but it it's still it's that's a political thing of course that's a political thing so. Yes, absolutely this is about politics, but that doesn't mean that it's not true. It, it could very well support the fact that it is true because it the timing does make sense. But what is this timing? Well, um, this this timing from what I can tell is a little bit spurious because it, it does seem as if the Democrats had information early on and waited until the last second. And why would they do that? Why would they wait to the last second? Oh, I believe that what they're trying to do is, and I, it's not me. I mean, a lot of people believe what they're trying to do is hold this off until we get to the midterms and use this uh, as a stall tactic because the Democrats believe that there is this big blue wave that is coming. And um, whether, whether that's true or not, we'll simply just find out. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I have a, a pulse on all of these uh, Senate races across the country. I don't know. But I can tell you I would guess that that would backfire. It would definitely backfire. I don't, I don't think they're smart. I don't think that um, it's a good idea to try and stall for the, the big blue wave at the midterms because if this does not – if this uh, – if Kavanaugh is not confirmed – I think that that ignites the base for Trump and then it becomes much more critical for people and they say, well, then absolutely we've got to get back out there and, and vote and get our Republican senators to, to keep the big blue wave uh, away so that they can't keep doing this and, and they can't block these nominations. So yeah, I don't think that's a good tactic personally but um, – they know more than me. I mean, they're they're politicians for a, a living, but I, I mean, I've even heard and thought about. Well, what if they do? What if it's a double, sort of a, a, a long term game here? So block this one. The big Senate, the big blue wave fails because of that. Trump appoints somebody else, who I'll I'll talk about in just a second, um, and then that you know they, that person gets in eventually and then that rallies the democrat base to come out in 2020 and get this monster trump out of here cuz he keeps appointing these monsters for the supreme court and so i don't know i mean it's hard to say if they're playing the the short game for the for the midterms or the long game for the 2020 election i don't again i'm i'm not a political genius here but what i can tell you is that trump's already kind of indicated that if uh, Kavanaugh wouldn't get appointed, uh, if he if this doesn't happen, 
he would, or I should say confirmed, not appointed. Um, if Kavanaugh is not confirmed, then he's probably, he's got a list of people that, that he has said, he's published and said, these are people I would consider for the Supreme Court. And he's already talked about Amy Barrett. So if you're a Democrat and you're worried about Kavanaugh, let me tell you, Amy Barrett is well to the right of Kavanaugh. Uh, a lot of people that I that I listen to and read were surprised that he didn't go for for Barrett first. That Kavanaugh was a little bit more um, centrist, and it, it's hard to say on that list because that list is not a centrist list. But uh, the the furthest person to the right is not Kavanaugh. I mean, uh, Amy Barrett was on it was part of some group at Notre Dame, I think, um, where she was a, a law professor. That was like it's it's a pro life and um, anti Roe versus Wade. Um, she has signed off on a, a couple of different statements that because um, she's a practicing devout Catholic, uh, part of like a crazy religious group that's even more Catholic than your average Catholic. So yeah, just Google her. Look look up her Wikipedia page, and you'll be like, whoa, yeah. She she is definitely somebody who would be um, open to reviewing and overturning <laughs> Roe versus Wade. So I don't know if if the Democrats are. Uh, I'm not sure what what that game is about, but yeah, I I think it's a, a backfire for the midterms if they actually get to do this. I think it's a backfire for the midterms anyways because I think this is currently riling up the base for for the Republicans um, because I've. My my pulse in uh, middle of nowhere Iowa. That's not true. I'm in Des Moines, but the people I talk to around here, most of them are. Uh, I, I find that they reject Professor Ford, and they see all of this as um, political gamesmanship, and it's only made them support Kavanaugh more and and see him more as a victim than Ford, and that's that's a problem. And if they if they continue to have that mindset and they go to the polls uh, and they vote, it's it's going to turn out that that big blue wave disappears. So let's actually talk about the story, what happened or what didn't happen and all of that. I, I'm in a profession where I regularly deal with um, issues way too similar to this and I it's gross and I, and I wish I didn't have to um, – but it's my job. It's it's more than my job. It's part of my calling, so I do it. One thing I have learned over the years is that there are always two sides of every story, especially when it comes to um, events that are, that are acute and not chronic and long term, and that the truth of what actually happened is always somewhere in between um, those two things. So if it's a if it's a chronic thing where uh, you know I have couples come to me pretty regularly who who are struggling in, in marriage or something like that, and if it's a chronic thing, I look at it and, and I can get a, a much bigger sample size of life. I can get a much bigger sample size of um, the problems that are going on, and I can a little bit more definitively say. This is accurate and this is true. But when it is an event, then I'm telling you there's always two different perspectives. Um, there's, there's two different sides of that. There's mitigating circumstances. And, and this is not saying that something bad didn't happen. That, that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to discount Ford. 
I'm saying it, it, it probably does mean something bad happened. And we just don't – we can't get a clear indication on it because it's, it's impossible to there, – there just isn't any evidence to take a look at. So I believe Ford. I mean you, there, there's just no way she would be willing to uproot her life, um, this thing that she's kept private for so long. Now she brings public and, and it's ripping her apart. She was – man, if you watched her, she was terrified. I mean there's no question that that woman uh, experienced a traumatic event, that something something terrible has happened to her. Uh, she would be a very wealthy actress if that were not true. Uh, and she does not strike me as somebody with acting credentials. So something happened for sure. But there's just so much that we can't know. And when when you have a very different side of that story, I'm I'm here just as a as a guy who deals with this to tell you, I have learned that 100% of the time, without failure, there's two different sides of the story, and I have come to the conclusion over time that neither side is 100% accurate. That um, the way our memory works is not not good enough to to capture all of it and then add to that the the acknowledgement that everybody had been drunk if if this story is correct and everybody had been drinking well that impairs your ability to make memories um and they were really after Kavanaugh about that they were really after Kavanaugh saying have you ever drank so much you can't remember something uh, as if then we can say well well you this surely happened and you were just too drunk you're blackout drunk you can't remember it well, if, if that is your defense, then then everybody at this party was drinking. My understanding is that Ford was also drinking. So her ability to make memories, um, that that is impaired. And she said that you know she, she is a psychologist and she knows how memory works. And um, she was really sharp on that, the uh, epinephrine and norepinephrine that um, – that forms your your memories around especially a traumatic experience is is heightened and you you create more vivid memories in that case and the other things that are less connected to that trauma those things fade away which a little bit of a side note here this is why i love going into the sauna (laughs) i know this is a weird this is again all the things i know i'm trying to get too down a rabbit hole on this but this is why i like the sauna because that's what the sauna does is uh these heat shock proteins and, and putting your body in that stress one of the things that results is um a higher release of uh, epinephrine and norepinephrine, and it. Not that I'm trying to build really solid memories while I'm in the in the sauna. What I'm trying to do is uh, hack my brain a little bit, and it, it can make you cognitively a little sharper. And, and I can tell you, anecdotally, I absolutely believe that that is true. I, I feel that, so I try and sauna a couple times a week. But anyways, I digress. That is that is exactly uh, correct, um, and we we shouldn't expect <laughs> Doctor Ford to not be correct on that. She's a brilliant psychologist, so there you go. Um, but that doesn't mean that that some of those details haven't been lost or um, remembered mistakenly in, in a different way. And for sure, if 
um, f- if uh, Kavanaugh doesn't recall, we could assume that his ability to remember something like that would be impaired. And if he did not experience it as traumatic as the uh, attacker, the alleged attacker, let's be clear, that makes sense because he it wasn't a traumatic event. You know, his brain was working differently, and his brain was impaired with with alcohol. If these allegations are true, so ugh, two sides of every story. I I can't sit here and tell you that you can listen to one of them one of their testimonies and say, "Yep, that is the right story," and the other one is the wrong story. It is foolish to think that is true. Now, I know there's going to be people out there who are going to be pissed off at me and say that I'm not believing um, the the victim here. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying the opposite of that. that. It definitely sounds like something happened and it definitely sounds like a bad traumatic event. But there's just too much that we we can't know to say definitively this is – exactly what that traumatic event looked like. Um, so the question is going to become, is is that is that enough to DQ him, disqualify him? So um, we're going to, again, sort of take on balance that something bad happened, and hypothetically, we are going to uh, just adopt the position that this thing did happen, that it was... It was Kavanaugh, and her story is at least accurate enough to call this sexual assault. Okay, we're going to run with that for just a second. And here's here's a here's point one. Point one is thirty plus years ago is a long time ago. That does not excuse what happened. (laughs) Okay, that's this is not me saying statutes of limitations. This is not me saying the times were different back then. What it is is me saying that. Right now, Kavanaugh is a different human being, literally. I mean all of the cells in his body have been replaced uh, several times over. I think that's true. I think actually it's almost true. I think one of the things that's not replaced are your neurons or something like that, synapses. I don't know, whatever. Um, it doesn't matter. It, he's a different person not just in that regard, but he's a different person in that he – at the time this happened – was not a father, was not a husband. Uh, he he had never been to college when this had happened. He hadn't graduated high school. We are different people than we were when we were that age. Okay, um, I mean that's just a true true statement. Think back to when you were in in high school. That was a different person, a hundred percent. And the the point of this Kavanaugh thing is. That we're not we're not nominating to the Supreme Court fifteen year old Kavanaugh. <laughs> we're we're nominating a different human being than the guy who allegedly attacked this woman. Even if it's true, let's take it on balance that everything that, that Ford says is accurate and true, that that fifteen year old Kavanaugh doesn't exist anymore. He's dead and gone. It's just over. This is a different person. So we shouldn't we we shouldn't be afraid that we're getting that guy that 15 year old Kavanaugh. We should be terrified if if that were the actual case. If that were true, if we were nominating 15 year olds to the Supreme Court, that's terrifying. 
Um, if, if we were nominating, if, if I were a 15-year-old pastor, if 15-year-old Luke was a pastor, that'd be terrifying. Uh, but that's probably true for every person in every profession that is out there. If, if you're architect for your house uh, or if the foreman for the construction crew, the general contractor for your home was a 15-year-old general contractor, you should get out of that house. <laughs> you should run away right now. <laughs> if, if I mean all of that is is just true. So that's one side. Again, I, I told you in, in these chunks, I kind of want to look at both sides. The other side of that is, um, well, sometimes the indiscretions of youth do disqualify you. And that's the way it is. And it's, it's sad and unfortunate that we live in a time and a place that there's so many young people who aren't taught how to behave. And I was one of them, man. And, and you know, it wasn't really my parents' fault. They they did everything that they could but I was I was a real turd when I was in high school, and there's just no way around it. Um, I wasn't a good person. Now I didn't do anything like what is alleged that Kavanaugh did, but honestly, I I, I did things that would disqualify me from something. I assume I don't know, but th- that happens. I mean, it, we could come up with a thousand hypotheticals where. You know, it, it, something like this, if it were true, you know, wouldn't disqualify Kavanaugh for being a mechanic, right? If if this is 100 percent true, let's take it on balance that that Ford's testimony is 100 percent true. We wouldn't say, well, you know, he he can't be a mechanic because when he was 15 years old, he sexually assaulted a woman. No, it wouldn't be any problem with that. We're talking about the Supreme Court, though. And that's a much bigger deal than being a mechanic. Uh, nothing against all my mechanic friends out there. Love you guys. But it is not unreasonable to think that, yeah, a, a childhood indiscretion, um, a an event that is horrific, an assault when you were a child, that – because when you're 15 and 17, I guess he was 17, you're a child. That's That's just the case. I, maybe I've been saying that wrong this whole time, that Kavanaugh was 15. Kavanaugh was not 15. Um, he was 17 and she was 15 at the at the time of the alleged incident. So anyways, point being, yeah, yep, sometimes, um, sometimes you do something and even 30 years later, you are still paying the consequences for it. And it's sad that we live in a, in a time and a place where we think that there shouldn't be consequences, that, that we shouldn't have these issues from our past impacting who we are today. Well, I'm sorry. That's that's just the way it is, that, that sometimes the, the consequence of your mistakes or your actions or your sin lasts a really, really long time, maybe all of your life. You know, maybe um, – what if what if we discovered that there was a guy who when he was 17 was convicted for um sexual assault of minors of of raping little kids and then it's been 40 years and and he's not had a slip up since he's been in he served his time in jail treatment all that kind of stuff so now he applies to be a bus driver uh nope no, you don't. You don't get to drive a school bus. I know it's been forty years, and and you've been good, but that that thing that happened when you were young disqualifies you. So 
that's not unreasonable. So anybody who thinks, well, 30 years ago is a long time ago. Well, yeah, it is. But sometimes the consequences of your actions last 30 plus years. So the decision really needs to be, is this one of those cases? And that's up to you and your opinion. Another thing I want to talk about is uh, 15-year-olds. The <laughs> They're stupid. <laughs> this is just the way it is. This is high school that we're talking about, 15-year-olds and 17-year-olds. I'm sorry. Um, they're stupid and and they make mistakes. They're, they're not always um, – they don't make wise decisions. They, they're not taught well. They're not brought up in situations often that, that are healthy enough to teach them what, what it is to be a man or what it is to be courteous or even what it is to be a human. That's, that's tough I think for, for 17-year-old boys in high school. But this is not a case where we get to just say boys will be boys because I know a lot of 17-year-olds who managed to not do what was alleged. I, I was a 17-year-old who somehow managed to not sexually assault any girls in high school at all. Isn't that amazing? It's, it's like I, I knew. <laughs> I knew exactly what was, what was wrong about that sort of a thing and I, and I knew – to, to behave myself in, in that regard because there's other human beings involved and I, I should not assault another human being, especially sexual assault of a woman. That's not confusing. So yes, on the one hand, there is the, the impulses of youth. There, there is the indiscretion, the stupidity, the, the unfinished brains. I mean our brains aren't even done – uh, maturing and formatting until something like 25 years old and then this culture and all of these things that is a real influence and it shouldn't be discounted as no you, you know you cannot make mistakes you you cannot be wrong you must be perfect and right however <laughs> we don't know the whole story of course but however if these allegations are true and they happened the way that that ford says they happened there isn't an excuse for age. There, there isn't a, well, boys will be boys or he was 17. And, and I do believe, by the way, in boys will be boys. But that for me is, is something more like this. I've, I have um, triplets and two of them are identical boys. And a great boys will be boys moment happened just <laughs> earlier this week when I, I brought them to preschool. They always have to go to the bathroom and wash their hands before they can go into the classroom. So we go into bathroom and I say All right, go ahead go bathroom I'm with my daughter then in the stall over there to, to try and help her assist her a little bit and I turn around because I hear giggling and these two boys have each whipped it out and there is there's a urinal that kind of sticks out from the wall a little bit more than than your average urinal and they are trying to cross streams. Um, if you catch my drift here, the, they're they're doing the Ghostbusters. They're they're crossing the streams, and which also, by the way, was really disturbing because they were trying to make a cross, as in the cross that Jesus died on, with their urine. Okay, <laughs> this is. I don't know how to feel about that. <laughs> That's I don't know. I don't know what that is. It, I, they're four, so I know they're not trying to be disrespectful. But at any rate, you know what happened is they pissed all over each other, which is pretty funny. But that's boys will be boys. I mean, that wasn't funny at the moment <laughs> because they had peed on each other, and I'm trying to get them into preschool. That's boys will be boys. Um, 
or they also do these weird things where they think it's hilarious to touch butts. So like they'll they'll turn around, drop their pants, and and butt cheek to butt cheek. And I've raised uh, I've raised three girls, or raising three girls, and I'm raising three boys. And I can tell you, in my house, girls don't do that, and it's not because of anything that we teach, we've never had a conversation. Please do not pull your pants down and touch your butts to each other. That's never a conversation. Boys do stuff like that. Boys, there is a biological difference between boys and girls. And if you don't think so, then, then you're just willing to deny what reality is. And this, this is hilarious to me. This whole conversation about gender that's going on right now, um, is interesting because in a lot of places and in parts of our community and our culture today, we want to say that that gender is just a construction that is social. Now, I agree that there's a lot of social constructive part to gender and, and what we understand as gender, but there's a lot of biology too. It's a both and. It's, it's a hand in glove situation because – um, for instance, when people are transitioning from one gender to another, male, female, or female to male, one of the main parts of that transition is hormones. That's a biological thing, and that that does mean that this biology of your hormones plays a part in your gender. And we all know, everybody knows, that hormones change how you feel, how you act. People with um, over-the-top um, testosterone levels, like the the, um, I know a couple of guys that from from college and and um, before even who, well, not before college, I guess I knew them before college who took steroids and they changed they became way more aggressive and this this biological thing that is a hormone caused their behavior to change and it's not that they're not responsible for it but but it is a thing it is a real thing you you have to choose how to act or how not to act but the influence of your biology makes a huge difference um and it's that's just the reality. We all actually know this. So when we think about a 17-year-old boy and and his biology, that that's something that we have to be teaching 17-year-old boys how to combat, how how to work against, how to fight because it's not it's not as easy um, as a lot of people think. Maybe guys don't remember what it was like to be 17, 18 years old. Um, women don't know what it's like to be a 17-year-old boy. Now, I'm not excusing the behavior if the alleged behavior is correct. If that assault is – the alleged assault is true, it's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is uh, that we have to be more diligent in in how we're raising our boys. And, and don't forget that Biology is not on our side in this case. Biology is on the side of evil and bad. That's, that is just true. Um, you can't just expect your kid to be a good kid. No kid is a good kid without good parenting. That's just the way it is because your biology, if, if left unchecked, people turn into monsters. That is just the way the world works. So – yeah, again, um, all of that is, is to say I am not taking a stand either way. But I think the final question is um, 
I, how well can we know what happened? And I would say we can't know really well what happened, but we can definitely assume something happened. Now, was it him? Was it somebody else? Is she misremembering? I don't want to, I don't want to dive into that because even if, if we take on balance that she's remembering this accurately enough, and I, and I think that's fair enough, you still have to answer questions like, if the allegation is true, does that disqualify him to serve? If the, the 17-year-old Kavanaugh um, and what he did, if, if that is enough to disqualify this older guy who is a whole different human being, does that disqualify him? And and I'm not – I hope that didn't sound like I'm leaning towards – no, it doesn't. He should definitely be on. That's not what I'm saying um, because, again, I find all this alternate stuff interesting. If, uh, if indeed he doesn't get on, I think we're going to get – um, I think we're going to get Amy Barrett and I was actually kind of hoping for Amy Barrett. So there you go. Uh, it would, for me, it'd be a win. Um, anyways, then you have to decide, uh, you know, how much do we weigh the truth versus the biology, biological realities of a 17 year old Kavanaugh? I'm, I'm only presenting this for you. Um, but I do want to kind of, so, so you, your, your opinion, you come to your own opinion. I'm just trying to frame a way for you to think about it in different terms. Now, the last thing I do want to talk about is um, the political climate that that we are at right now. It's just absurd. And everybody wants to blame Trump. And I put a lot of the blame on Trump. And if you're wondering, I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of Trump. Uh, I agree with some of the stuff he's doing, um, but I, I don't agree always with uh, how he's doing it. I really disagree with a lot that he's doing, by the way. Um, I hope you've picked up on that too. I, I don't like any of them. <laughs> this is what it boils down to. I'm not a Trump guy. I'm not a Hillary guy. I'm not a politician guy. I think all politicians are gross. I don't think any of them are on your side. I don't think any of them want what's best for the people of America. Um, I don't think they care at all. I think their number one job is to convince you every four years that they are working really hard for you and then they go back and they don't. So that's that's the, the sad truth. I, I can't imagine a single – I can't think of a single politician. Uh, Rand Paul comes kind of close sometimes but I don't – I'm too cynical. I don't trust it. Anyways, um, here's here's – some really gross things um, like the the Democratic senator leader right after um, right after the nomination, he said, and this is a quote, um, I will oppose Kavanaugh with everything I've got. Like he just got nominated and you're like, I'm going to oppose this. OK, so you're not really interested in, in the process of finding anything out. It's just like you had that quote locked and ready to go, just waiting to hear who he was going to appoint, and that's the guy that you were going to – I'm going to oppose that person. <laughs> so so you're not really interested in the process. You're not really interested in, in the vetting and, and all of this stuff. You're just there to oppose. Um, another Democrat on the, on the committee actually, a Democratic senator on the committee, before these allegations – before they knew anything about these allegations, called Kavanaugh – evil and called anybody who supports Kavanaugh complicit in evil. Kavanaugh brought that up. These these are quotes that Kavanaugh himself brought up in, in the hearing. Like that evil? You think he's an evil person? And again, 
if, if he did these things, I, I say that it's reasonable that somebody could form an opinion that um, he is evil because when he was 17, he allegedly attempted to rape uh, Professor Ford. I get it. Um, that's reasonable. But before you knew that, there is nothing about his career and life um, outside of that that you would call evil. You might say, I disagree with his politics or I disagree with his rulings or I think he talks funny, whatever. But none of that's evil. Um, another guy said, Judge Kavanaugh is your worst nightmare. That was uh, another senator on the committee before the allegations. So called him the worst nightmare. Now, I can at least tell you that from the reasons you think he's a nightmare, Amy Barrett's a bigger nightmare. <laughs> so he can't be the worst nightmare. Um, but again, I like Amy. So there you go. Uh, and then a, a former DNC leader said that Judge Kavanaugh will threaten the lives of millions of Americans for decades to come. Really, the Supreme Court nominee, who, if he is confirmed, he's going to threaten people's lives by being a Supreme Court justice? Come on. And I'm, I'm not just dogging on the left here. This, this is just the left because the right is obviously supporting Kavanaugh. But if, if this were the other way around, we'd be here in the same nonsense. This, this is stupid, everybody. We... We can't be doing this. We, we can't be acting this way. We, we can't be so bombastic. Um, and it, yeah, you, you can say, well, Trump is doing all of this. Trump isn't any of these senators. And you say, yeah, but Trump is setting the climate. That's why the senators are doing it. Trump is setting the bar. And, and then the, the, no, if these are grownups, if they're not 17 year old Kavanaugh, these are grownups, then they shouldn't copy the the little temper tantrums that our president has and they, they shouldn't say the same bombastic things that would be like um if if i started throwing temper tantrums in my house because my four-year-olds do it right but i'm the grown-up i'm the grown-up in the room it's my job and it is my duty it is my calling to be better than them with the hopes that they someday will grow into adults who are better than their four-year-old selves. That's that's the goal of parenting. And if you want to see Trump as a little child, and in a lot of ways I do, then we need congressmen and senators to be the grown-ups. And they're not acting like grown-ups. They're not. And they're trying to blame Trump, just like my kids try and blame me. They call me the bad guy because I won't let them have ice cream for breakfast. They call me the bad guy because I won't let them stay up late at night. That's right. I know. So if Trump is going to run his mouth and act like a baby, then we should ask and expect our leaders that we have elected to be the grown-up in the room. And it isn't happening, and it never has happened, and it's not something that's happened in, in my lifetime that I'm aware of. So it's not Trump. It is it is the system that we have that is so influenced by money and so and unduly projected by the media. I'm, I'm not trying to be a con- media conspiracy guy. I'm just saying it makes sense to me if, if I owned a, a news station, um, I wouldn't – you get more viewers and more advertising dollars then if you – portray more bombastic and and crazy things that some senator or congressman said 
you're going to get it's it's a good business model to cover that stuff instead of the congressman who said something really sensible and level-headed. No, it's way better. It's way better to cover somebody who said something crazy and stupid and outlandish. And then people tune in to hear it and then you get to sell advertising. That's their business. That's what they do and and I wouldn't tell them to do anything different because they'll lose money and they'll go away and then there won't be any media <laughs> or the only media that's left will be the most bombastic the the most crazy out there media. So that's that is really the problem. It's a it's a bad situation. It's it's a I don't see a good way out of it, but Yep, there you go. All right, so where do I stand on this Kavanaugh-Ford thing? I don't know, but I'm looking at it. Um, that's that's the lens through which I'm looking at it, and I'm interested to see what happens. And I, I'm more interested in the the conclusion of it and what it means, um, what it means if they do go ahead and vote, what it means if he is confirmed, what it means if he's not confirmed, and how the discourse goes after that, if it affects the midterms, if it affects the 2020 race, um, if Amy Barrett uh, – and there's there's actually probably a decent chance that Amy's going to end up on anyways because um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg is not a spring chicken. I don't know if you've noticed that. I'm not saying I think she's going to die. I'm, not, I'm just saying – People do die, and, um, and I'm saying there's some point at which she's, she's going to just have to quit. So anyways, that's everything. Um, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate you guys. Love that you listen. Love that you're paying attention. Hope that you can um, be a little bit more of a reasonable and, and have a, a calming voice and tone uh, everywhere, Facebook and in, in, uh, on social medias in general, but out there in the world. So until next time, you know what? Until next time, I want you I want you to love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to believe those who come to you and, uh, and, and share pain and suffering and sorrow. I want you to have mercy upon them. Um, but most importantly, be good.